0: hey it's your guy look the other day i got an opportunity to sit down with dr marnie hill federero she's an educator speaker and an award-winning and celebrated author she earned her doctorate in education from northern illinois university and completed postdoctoral studies at harvard Listen in as Dr. Federera talks to me about her STEs, spiritually transformative experiences, and how those experiences influenced the writing of her award-winning book, God Came to My Garage Sale. I'm telling you, this interview is packed with goodness. So let's do this. Welcome to Hindsight, the podcast with your boy, Lee Jones. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Hindsight is key. To learn that you don't need no type of degree. Learn from the past, see what the present gonna be. I'm a wise man. Look at these blessings on me. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Hindsight is key. To learn that you don't need no type of degree. Learn from the past, see what the present gonna be. I'm a wise man. Look at these blessings on me. Yeah. The Hindsight Podcast, hosted by Lee Jones, the one and only, my homie, bringing the past to the present and affecting the future for the better. Hey, Dr. Marnie, how you doing?
1: Well, I'm doing all right, Lee. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on Hindsight, the podcast. I really appreciate it. Just really quick, uh, Dr. Marnie is an excellent guest, even before we get started, because I did have some uh, technical difficulties. I'll say technical, but it was life technical difficulties uh, this morning, and we had to adjust our just our interview time, and she was very accommodating. So, one, thank you so much. Doctor, I really appreciate it.
1: Well, no worries. You know, life happens, and we need to be flexible, so it's all good.
0: Before we jump into all the fun stuff that you're going to tell us about, I want to, I, I'd like to always try to get a little personal uh, a little bit. And I start off with a, a very simple question. And it is, what do you do for fun?
1: You know, well, I live in the Caribbean now after a lifetime in the Chicago suburbs. So my fun consists of swimming and snorkeling in the ocean and hiking the rainforest. Oh boy. Yeah.
0: Wow. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Uh, the only time I've really been in a true, I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, a true rainforest was when I was in uh, Puerto Rico.
1: Yeah, well, I live very close to Puerto Rico. Um, okay. You know, I'm in St. Croix in the U.S. Virgin Islands, so I'm just oh. a little jumper away from Puerto Rico, and yes, that is the rainforest.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't do any hiking, uh, but I did get a opportunity to enjoy the beauty. So uh, yeah. so I definitely i am a little jealous uh, that you're over there. I, I look at a lot of the shows um, where the people are looking to purchase homes on islands. I don't know if you've ever watched that show.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I have. Actually, I even looked at some of those homes that were featured. You know, I don't really care for those shows in that, you know, they're so kind of orchestrated and fake, you know, these people have already bought their homes and then they they go through these kind of really, you know, orchestrated dialogues. But I actually did look at some of those homes. But after about a three year search, I found the perfect place for me. And, um, and I'm glad I landed in the Caribbean. But actually, I will tell you that, you know, I can find beauty wherever I live. And, yes. you know, so I spent a lifetime in the Chicago suburbs and, you know, th- that was a beautiful place to live as well.
0: Absolutely. I agree. Now, I, I say I agree, uh, sort of tongue in cheek, because I've never really been in Chicago. But what I'm saying, I agree, is that you can find that beauty uh, anywhere you go. Uh, yes. I did 20, 26 years in the Army and my first duty station uh, growing up and living in Maryland, my first duty station was on Alaska. And and, yeah. And it, and from that, that was a great experience because you realize that you can find beauty anywhere. Right. Um, Even in the army. Right.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for your service and what you have done to help our world. You know, (laughs) Uh, um, we're definitely needing, needing help now. And, uh, and people are, Looking at hindsight in general, just in their lives, and and trying to make sense of some of the things that you know they've experienced.
0: Absolutely, Dr. Marnie, tell us a little bit about yourself. In you know you're 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 an author, an award-winning and celebrated author and speaker. Um, But tell us a little bit that that's well, that's not really where you are now. That's some of your accomplishments. But tell us a little bit about, you know, going hindsight and tell us a little bit about yourself and in a quick overview of your journey um, to where you are now.
1: You know, a little bit about me as I, you know, um, was born in Miami, Florida, but just shortly uh, thereafter moved to the North Shore of um, Chicago, Illinois, and, um, you know, went off to college at an early age. I became a teacher um, in fact, just three years ago, I retired from a 35-year career as a special education high school teacher. 12 of those years, I was a university graduate school adjunct professor. So definitely always had a love of learning and um, was so excited to um, realize my dream of having a family, um, got married and had uh, two beautiful children and... Um, but i realized after about 27 years of marriage that i was kind of living in a false reality that the american dream that i thought i was immersed in with the white mm-hmm. picket fence and everything um was not really um reality and you know the values that i had and i continue to have of honesty and compassion and love and and Fidelity and fiscal responsibility and love of family, they were not aligned with the person I was married with. Those weren't the same values that he had. And I, you know, had to make a very tough decision, but I filed for divorce and I I left that situation um, not really realizing the significant losses that I would endure, you know, material losses such as my home, assets and money but i also lost my two adult children to parental alienation. Oh, and wow. you know, having to yeah. and this happens to men and women, um and it's a devastating family dynamic that is very, very hard to to cope with and understand after, you know, in my case, two decades of of a loving, you know, normal range, you know, relationship with your kids just to have them ripped away, it's really like experiencing the death of, of your living children. And so, you know, I've had to really kind of step back and, and do a deep dive into my own intergenerational family trauma to understand in hindsight, you know, what made me a target for an abuser. Or what made me someone who did not have strong boundaries or, um, you know, so, so that is what led me on my writing journey, you know, and I, I first wrote a book after, you know, when I had to have a garage sale, but I experienced some miracles And that book is God Came to My Garage Sale because I was really in the midst of so much negativity. I was filled with happiness and and I was grateful and I was thankful and just very positive. And then when I did retire from teaching and I made the move from the Chicago suburbs to the Caribbean, I continued finding my survivor's voice and, and my author's voice. And I wrote a five book series called True Deceit, False Love, which creatively addresses, you know, the family trauma dynamics that I had mentioned. Um, and that has been very healing and I guess, you know, very well received by a lot of people that have found themselves in this kind of situations. But I I will say there, there is hope and there's, you know, um, inspiration that you can survive all sorts of challenges in your life. And, and I've done just that. I'm living a blessed life um, filled with love and happiness. Yes, I have to acknowledge losses in my life. Um, I've had to make some tough choices about mm-hmm. who, I, who I let in my life, who I keep in my life. But you know, I'm, I'm enjoying every single day and I am grateful and thankful for all the blessings i've been given
0: you you touched on a lot of um things that i was going to ask you about so i'm going to i'm going to bring it back just a little bit sure. and in the one so you 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 found yourself in in a decision point i guess in your life right you were married and but you right? weren't in in that space and then you made a decision to leave yes. so in in that time you said that kind of, probably not that specifically, but something motivated you to start writing. You wrote the book, uh, well, God, God came, came to My, to my Garage, garage sale. sale.
1: Yes, yes. And right. it was around that same time. It was really, oh, really? A, a watershed moment. I had this garage sale where I lost everything. I was losing my house, okay. you know, um, but I, I really was filled, like I said, with love and gratitude Um you know, didn't really realize what was in store for me in the future as far as the domestic abuse and, and financial abuse and the parental alienation, you know, yeah, that I yeah. had to to face. But I um I did become become a writer then because I had something to say. I, I had some spiritual miracles that happened mm-hmm. that were just so profound and life changing prompted me as a lifelong learner to kind of look into spiritual transformations and awakenings and even near-death experiences to try to understand what I went through. And and so that really was the start of my writing journey.
0: Good. And is that writing or has that writing been um, therapeutic?
1: Oh, so much. So much so. Yes. it's, It's really wonderful to kind of get your thoughts and feelings, emotions, positive and negative, you know, out of your physical body and onto a page, you know, it's very safe activity to do when you're trying to make sense of, of what you've gone through. And, um, and so there were many, many different versions of that first book. And I'm pleased to say that the first book, you know, actually doesn't even address domestic violence or financial abuse or, or anything really negative. It's really about an, an atheist woman's journey um, to experiencing signs and synchronicities of the universe and really questioning, hey, is there something more on this earth that's going on? Because really, I should have been in a real negative, dark place, but, but I wasn't. I was filled with love and positivity. Right. So so that started my journey, but it wasn't until, you know, moving to the Caribbean and kind of getting out of that survival mode uh, situation, you know, which takes years to recover from, um, that I really needed to do some more deep reflection about, you know, what did I go through? And I needed to kind of understand, you know, mm-hmm. the experiences I had and right. and. And and so that's what led me to the five-book series, True Deceit, False Love.
0: So during your reflection, um, what did you find out? What was most the most profound thing you found out about yourself?
1: Well, I would say the most profound thing was that, you know, I knew I was a strong person. I knew okay. that I could, you know, I could choose to rise above negative situations. but I guess the most profound thing that I found out was that you know I had some intergenerational family traumas that were unaddressed mm. and that I needed to come face to face with, even in midlife um, to sort of put the pieces of the puzzle together to connect the dots that you know, my I didn't just find myself, in this situation it was a journey that brought me to where i was at and that i was responsible for some of that journey i was an overgiver a people pleaser i was kind of my foundation kind of set me up to be a target and and i needed to do that inner reflection and make some changes about you know my boundaries and and so that was probably the most profound because really we can't we can't control what other people do or what situations are are put in our path we can only re, you know choose to respond a certain way and and we can only control our own behavior and so we can be you know dealt terrible challenges you know so mm-hmm. many people have experienced adversity that takes on so many different forms, you know, even if, if your listeners can't totally relate to the family trauma situation, which that would be great if they can't. Um, however, it sort of seems that most everyone has some issues within, in families that need to be addressed or resolved, you know, right. um, right. you know, yeah. we, you know, if anyone says to you they had a perfect family and everything was just a hundred percent perfect, they're probably not being a hundred percent honest. You know, because, right. um, but but that's okay because we're all on a different path and we're all at our awakening, um, and our awareness at at different times in our lives. You know, I'm I'm so very thankful that my light bulb moment, um, about you know, the, the true deceit and false love that I was dealing with happened when it happened. And it didn't happen when my children were young and, and minors, because it it really could have played out in a very, um, you know, in in a more negative way than it already did. I mean, it's pretty negative when you don't have your children in your life for almost a decade. That's, That's devastating, but I'm at a point where I can understand it now because I've learned about parental alienation. I've learned about Stockholm syndrome. I have learned about abusers and, and narcissism and, and what they do to align and coercively control. I can make sense of it more. But boy, if this happened when my kids were little and and, mm. and there were legal custody battles and... and, and you know, there are already a lot of lies and, and false narratives that happen legally, it would have been even worse knowing the person who I was dealing with if my kids were, were even younger.
0: I'm gonna go back to the book and I appreciate you sharing, uh, sharing sure. your personal journey. Um, so in, in the book, let me ask you a question. Sure. Were yeah. you the atheist woman in the story?
1: Oh yes, yeah. No. Most, <laughs> most fiction is really based on some true experiences, and yes, I did have an atheist background as a as a child growing up. I little by little, on my own, mm-hmm. really believed that there had to be more um, to explain all sorts of things, even our physical bodies and our uh, the systems within our bodies, how how perfect we are made. You know, I always, in my heart of hearts, believed that there was some sort of divine source and didn't explore that until I was an adult um, and and did get involved in the church and, you know, was baptized and even became a lector. At this point, I have steered away from organized religion personally. Mm
0: -hmm. I'm more
1: spiritual, uh, but I do believe in God. Um, But... You know, so really, yes, it's about an atheist woman, but, you know, when I was going through this uh, big transition in my life, leaving a marriage after 27 years and losing everything, I I wasn't an atheist at that time, but, you know, it was perfect for the story um, that it was a questioning person. You know, I would say actually agnostic at that point, you know, wondering with all these miracles that happen if, if God really existed and if God really came to, to the garage sale. But I will tell you, Lee, mm-hmm. uh, all the spiritual experiences and many, many of the accounts I write about all really happened. I mean, they are all inspired by, by true events. You know, just the names and, and locations have been changed to protect the innocent.
0: Well, so so that we don't infringe on the, the the innocent, can you share one of your experiences? Maybe the first one or the one that got your attention.
1: Yeah, and I I'm happy to, and I do talk about this one a lot um, because it was so very profound. But I will say all of the experiences were profound, and and they were all when I was in a state of gratitude and. and kind of almost in a meditative state and everything happened in slow motion with all the different experiences that I had. There was like no time there. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't, what felt to me hours or days actually would have only been minutes. Um, in reality. But one experience was I was looking back at my home from the cul-de-sac, you know, right around the garage sale time. And I was uh, all of a sudden a dragonfly circled me and I thought that's pretty cool. And then there were like five and I thought, well, that's, that's neat. But I didn't think too much of it. But very shortly I was surrounded by 50 and to what I believe, a hundred dragonflies. And I was, you know, kind of in a a state of awe. I was not like overly excited. I was not skeptical. I was not, um, questioning. I was not scared. Um, I think if that would have happened to me when I wasn't in a state like this, I'd be like freaking out, trying to run away from, you know, the bugs. Um, you know, kind of just like what I do in the Caribbean when I see some bugs and snakes and things that I'm, you know, not that comfortable with. I mean, my first reaction is to scream and run. But but I didn't do that when I had this dragonfly experience. and And it was slow motion in that I could see the dragonflies like fly down the block of my neighborhood and come on back and circle me. And you know, it was so slow that I could see the veins of the wings and the iridescent colors. And there were different sizes that I personally at that time equated with people. Like they were Mm. babies and toddlers and teenagers and young adults and grandparents. And I just felt like I was surrounded by love and that I was supported and that, you know, all of these dragonflies these mm-hmm. generations of ancestors um knew i was making a big life change and were were just kind of swarming me to reassure me that you know i was okay and that i would be okay and and luckily About three quarters of the way through, I started to kind of come back to earth or come back to my awareness. And I knew to pull out my cell phone and videotape this. So I actually have documentation that, yeah, Mm -hmm. there were a hundred dragonflies around me. And this wasn't, you know, some dream state or hallucination that I had. It really happened. And then I went on to research dragonflies and actually you know learned of other people that have had dragonfly experiences that were were very similar and as a result of kind of a life changing trauma that prompted you know this kind of encounter so that yeah. was one pretty major experience that that happened early on that that was life changing and and you know, I think almost opened me up to having numerous other experiences. Um, and it wasn't until after many, many experiences and doing some research and learning about these kinds of things that, that I was putting it all together, that, you know, I was really uh, being bombarded, you know, with hmm. this awareness that there was something more going on here.
0: I see a Dragon see like one every so often. So to be surrounded yeah. about fifty to a hundred, that is, that is uh, an event in itself. Um, and Definitely. then for you to take the opportunity to let yourself go, right, and then embrace the moment and feel that energy and understand and research—that's pretty powerful.
1: Yeah, it, it was it was amazing. So much so, and and actually, many people that have transformative experiences that make them question our existence on earth they're compelled to talk about it they're compelled to write about it and i was you know i mean i suppose as an educator you know and i've had a lot of experience writing and reading um i never really sought out to be an author um You know, there would be times in my life I would say, wow, that would make a good book or that would be a a good story. But now, you know, through that experience and then my five book series, you know, and, and now writing, you know, blogs for various magazine articles and that type of thing, I really have found that that writing is something I really enjoy and it's pretty well received by people who are reading it
0: if someone were to come to you or if they do, they come to you in, in ask for advice or support on different things. Um, and if so, what is the most, what is the most common, uh, request for support that you receive from your listeners or from your, uh, readers?
1: Well, you know, I, I'm not someone that offers personal advice. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a certified you know um ther- you know therapist of any kind and so you know i really don't feel it's my place to do so i i have been you know asked by numerous people to be on podcasts like yours because they find my my story and my books interesting and I'm very happy to talk about it that way um I'm an extremely private person now after some of the experiences I've gone through so even though there's a contact page on my my website um it's it's certainly not for individual advice you know I'm an author right. and I put my thoughts down on paper, in books, and then I'm happy to talk about, um, you know, my views on things when I'm on podcasts, when I have speaking engagements. Certainly, when I have a book signing, there are people that ask about, you know, both my spiritual fiction as well as my five book series. You know, True Deceit, False Love. I would say. You know, the questions are, they vary that people have. So spiritually, they want to know, really, what are some of the experiences that happened? You know, and... and and how did that change you? There are other people that want to write themselves and they want to know, how do you get started writing a book? I want to be an author. You know, what are the first steps? And I'm happy to talk about that. And I, I've participated in some writing workshops where I've given suggestions. You know, I'm, um, I'm just one person who is, who is, you know, followed through on my passion of writing. And so I'm just one perspective, you know, from many others, you know, I really right. suggest that people, people that have specific questions about being an author, they can hear what my, what my approach was, but check out so many other people and what they did and, and, and then come to your own conclusion of what you want to do. And then with the family trauma series, the biggest question I think I get are, you know, it's like, how could you stay in a marriage for almost three decades? You know, didn't you know um, that there was something wrong? And and that's the biggest question. And yes, yes, I did know that things were not, you know, our, my values were not aligned with who I was with. I just ignored the red flags. And and I chose to stay busy. I chose to think the best of whoever I was around. Um, I certainly wanted to provide safety and stability for my two adult children. Um, so I didn't want to, you know, I really considered, you know, should I just go along status quo and stay in this, even though, you know, a lot of unethical you know, immoral yeah. things were presented to me. Should I just ignore this and And I found that I couldn't ignore it because i I need to continue to be a wonderful role model for my children. You know, right. even though my adult children are not in my life, um, I'm still out there publicly spreading the word of love and light and goodness and compassion and forgiveness. And I think, you know, how I'm choosing to respond to some horrific situations is a testament to goodness. And, and, you know, my adult children along with anyone else that's listening, where so many of us have experienced challenging times, whether it's with our health, our job, our family, our relationships, our, our homes, um, you know, all sorts of things. People mm-hmm. have challenges, but we can choose to respond in a positive way that doesn't contribute to the negativity, you know, to, that would just spiral down. And, you know, um, I, I just don't believe in, in handling challenges that way. And sometimes. You know there are people that want to engage in the antagonistic chaos of of confrontation and and you know um, you know they just have other motives and and sometimes it's best to just walk away from that you know and re- that's not how you operate or that's not how I operate right. and uh, I don't want to engage in that and and we have to give ourselves you know permission to stay true to our values and and not worry so much about external validation and, and pleasing others we have to really kind of look at ourselves and what's best for us and um yeah, and what's amazing. best for the for you know everyone in general, in fact, even sometimes when you walk away from someone that wants to engage in a in something very negative, you know, and, and you your light bulb went on where you're trauma bonded or whatever, and you know the best thing is to kind of step back and put up those boundaries, you know, indirectly, you might be doing them a favor as well, because, you know, with them not wanting you to walk away, they might have to look at themselves and make some changes. Just like right. you know, I had to do for myself. I had to, when I walked away, I had to look at myself and and make some changes. And uh and and that I think leads towards self-actualization. Hmm.
0: I don't even have to ask you questions because you really you're and no, it's not that you have a lot to say, but you have a lot of good things to say, right? So there are things that can, the things that you're saying are, are good pieces of advice to everyone. You know, basically one, one major one is you can only really control how you respond to things. You can't control how someone else responds to things, right? You can only control how you respond, um, to things, right? You have to, at times, take a step back and assess yourself, assess your morals, assess your beliefs. And, are they still in alignment with you know maybe maybe your socialization your upbringing right and just you know make sure everything is in alignment um, because we get out there in the world I mean we all do we're out in the world and you know things kind of you know change your your compass direction right your bearing gets off a little bit and you have to you know take that time in and reassess yourself.
1: Sometimes stuff happens. Yeah, and, exactly. And you can- and you can't control that, but you can control yourself. And, and you know, you have to realize, um, you know, with that kind of reconnection to yourself and, and moving towards more self-internal validation, you'll realize that there will be some significant losses, some people that you have always thought were, you know, your tried and true friends that would always be there for you may not, may not be there for you. And, and, you know, your values may not align and, and they may not have your back like you thought they did. And you, and so your circle can get smaller and smaller and smaller, but you know, the more you stay true to those values, you're living a more authentic life. Right. And being true to who you really are and to honesty, goodness and compassion and, and just, uh, you know, realizing, hey, sometimes enough is enough and, and you need to to make some changes and take care of yourself.
0: Right. For me personally, you know, and then anybody else. Right. The sooner you can come to that realization. Right. The better off you'll be, the better decisions you'll make, The you know that's my whole thing so like for hindsight the podcast i really like to look at say where you are now where you want to be and where you were right and, and then, right. if you kind of know where you want to get to then you can adjust your decision making or your mental on making the correct decisions to get to that point instead of just as things come to you make decisions right because that's when you kind of go astray
1: right i mean it's Cool. if you can do some planning, but it's good to kind of have an idea of where you want to go. But the reality is, is life happens and we're constantly in a state of flux and flexibility. And we have to adjust, you know, um, we have to adjust our sails when we're out there on the ocean.
0: I like that. I like it. One final bit of, and I appreciate you uh, acknowledging that you are an author. You, you write and you do your own self-therapy, right? And maybe that can help maybe somebody, it maybe it doesn't, right? But right. if you had one thing that you can just tell my audience right now, something profound or something, just advice or something, uh, this is your time, what would that be?
1: You know, I would say to your audience, um, you know, you are a beautiful, loving human being. And we need to turn some of that love inward towards ourselves and, you know, treat ourselves, you know, just as good as we might treat other people Mm. and realize that we all have challenges and adversity, but we have the power to control how we respond to them. And, and in addition, you know, Get back to your passions and what makes you tick and what brings you joy. And you might find that there are others that you resonate with. And and that's a good thing. Um, You know, we might have to adjust where we came from. And then with hindsight, you know, looking back, we can actually be moving forward to to a more fulfilling and happy life,
0: right? Oh, thank you so much. That is all the questions that I have. I really appreciate your time, Dr. Marnie. Um, you can find out more about Dr. Marnie and her her books at www dot to my dot com. And uh, do you have any social media?
1: Uh, no, thanks. I am not on social media. I know you I, said
0: I, you're, you're not.
1: <laughs> no, I've got my hands full just with keeping up with my website. Because on my website, in addition to my books and, and the people who have endorsed my books, I mean, they are resources in themselves to check out, the people who have endorsed my books. But I have a happening section that I keep up to date with different podcast interviews, book signings, speaking engagements. Um but I also highlight other people and what they are doing. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, um, a, a friend of mine, Tracy Malone, who has written, you know, an amazing book about divorcing your narcissist, providing resource and and support and meetup groups and all sorts of things uh, to to help people that are in challenging abusive situations. She just came out today with a couple new books that are journals to help people write their own story if they find that writing is is helpful for them. You Mm -hmm. know, so I would check out some of the resources that I put on my website of other people and what they are doing. Um, Because it really takes a village. You know, there are many different approaches to handling challenges and you know one size doesn't fit fit all right and so so check out my website www.godcametomygarage sale.com and yes. um, and see what i have there you might resonate with something there
0: Dr. Marnie i really appreciate um, your message of love It is very, very needed in the world and environment. It's always needed, right? But just even more so right now. So Definitely, definitely. definitely. Appreciate that. Let's let
1: the goodness and the the honesty and the truth prevail so we can, you know, um, live as we are supposed to.
0: (laughs) Definitely. We could get so much accomplished if we were all on the same sheet of music. But we'll never figure that out
1: oh i I think goodness prevails. The truth yeah. eventually comes out and and you know at some point uh the 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 people that have malevolent intentions, their mask slips and and they're exposed you know they actually expose themselves and you know so goodness does prevail, and truth eventually comes out.
0: Are you working on any new books?
1: you know I am I have a sixth book in the True Deceit False Love series that I'm working on. And I'm actually scaling back on my podcast interviews um, for the end of this year because I have some other exciting literary endeavors um, in 2023 that I'm going to focus on. So um, I've been very, very busy and sort of out there almost on a daily basis having wonderful conversations with wonderful people like you and, um, but I, you know, I'm ready to kind of shift my focus on some other writing, um, activities and, and interests that I have. And I'm actually hoping God came to my garage sale will be part of a movie, part of a, part of a film. And I'm in talks with people regarding that. So, oh, you know, it might take on another direction, which would be very cool. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Continued success in, in with all the writings and the different things that you're doing. I love the message of love, like I said earlier, and uh, I will be looking forward. Definitely want to see the movie uh, of, of yeah. the, uh, God came to my garage. So that seemed like that could be a, a very powerful uh, movie. And uh, I'm going to thank myself and yourself <laughs> for making this happen since now that I know that you're about to scale back on the uh, interviews. So I feel yeah, lucky that I was yeah. able to get you in before you actually stopped it and stopped writing. Um, right. But I will, I will stay in tune with you and and continue to monitor and watch your journey.
1: Well, thank you, Lee. And thank you so much for having me on Hindsight, the podcast. It's just been an honor to have this conversation with you.
0: Hindsight is 2020, 20. hindsight is key. Hindsight is to learn that you don't need no type of degree. Learn from the past, see what the present gonna be. I'm a wise man look at these blessings on me. Hindsight is 2020, 20. hindsight is key. Hindsight to learn that you don't need no type of degree. Learn from the past, see what the present gonna be. Yeah. I'm a wise man look at these blessings on me.